just get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard, see if good things will happen for us. Yep, we're back, just dishing it, episode 48, we are creeping up on the big 5-0, gentlemen. Getting there. It's kind of wild. That's wild. uh, Welcome back, everyone. Like I said, episode 48 of Just Dishing It, joined as always, John Toons, Tudor, and Derek Hoskin. What's up, boys? How's the week going? Not bad, just uh, getting ready for... Got a little tour action this weekend. We're hitting the road for Syracuse and Ithaca, so just getting going a little Westcott Westcott Theater. No, <laughs> you're funny. Yeah, yeah, well, we'll get there. Know. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll, I don't know. No, we're playing the good old Funkin' Waffles, my, my friend. Yeah, so that sounds you know. cooler. Anyways, fuck it. Yeah, but yeah, we're looking forward to it. Uh, Wait till you guys sell out to hit theaters like the Westcott. That's fine. Oh, yeah, we. It'll be soon enough, but yeah, uh, Syracuse and then uh, Ithaca, if we got any listeners out there, Grub Shows, uh, Friday and Saturday, uh, head on out and uh, say what's up. Where can you get tickets? Where do they go? Oh, uh, internet as everywhere outside. That's descriptive, Derek, I like it. The internet. The internet, where they're playing. Funkin' yeah. Waffles website. Where tickets? I don't know. Google it. And yeah. the other, well, the uh, the Ithaca is a walk up one. So there you go, you know. man. All right, fair. We enough. put him in a tough spot. He's he's all out of whack because he is just feeling glorious in that beautiful Danbury Trashers Gretzky That is pretty jersey. dope. Wow. Yeah, you know, it took a little time to get here, but shout out to our boy AJ Galante. Uh, it's always tough when stuff comes up with production and it's something you're super excited about. Even if it takes a normal amount of time, it feels like it takes a fucking light year. I got another one that's uh, brewing up uh, from a former guest uh, that will uh, I'll have to show off in a little while. Uh, that one's also in production as well. So yeah, yeah a, little, a little shout out to that. So uh, nice geez. ode to my favorite favorite video game of all time. So oh, all right, Real, quite the cliffhanger. I'm not. Even, I'm just gonna breeze, breeze past it. I'm I'm, I don't even want to know more. I'm, yeah, I just want to be surprised when it when it gets debuted. Like all right, this all one. right, all right, all right. That's fine. Tudor, how you feeling, buddy? Feeling good. Um, big beer league dub for the boys <laughs> at Harper Center last night, and momentum. Benny is electric out there. First of all, like to claim the fact that on Benny's second or Benny's uh, yeah his second goal, I got the secondary assist. Thank you very much. Um, but uh, yeah, this guy goes out there and he says he closes his eyes, but he he's our he's our leading scorer on the team. But he said he's actually never seen the puck go in the net because he just closes his eyes when he shoots. His blacks so, out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe it works for him, but yeah, good week. You know, nice win last night, and um, I'm just excited to keep it keep the momentum rolling through this episode. Yes, you know, you, you know, I'm just I'm humbled right now because I know I am at the peak of washed upness when you oh. bring up beer league stats. Yeah, That's just no, how it goes. No doubt. But um, we're gonna switch it up a little for this one. Everyone's yeah. everyone's guy, John Tudor's tutor, is going to introduce our guest today. Very special guest today. Uh, as Stephen A. Smith would say, a close personal friend of mine. 
Uh, you may know him uh, from TikTok. You've probably seen him on there. Uh, just went through a rebrand. Uh, the Corporate Chase is where you can find him on there. 28,000 followers, not a big deal. See if you later. haven't seen him on there, you might have seen him in the Milton, Georgia Hall of Fame. And um, maybe at Stetson University, playing a little defensive back back in the day, too. Man can do it all. Let's bring him in. My man, Chase Coleman. Y'all are way too kind. <laughs> I'm over here dancing to your intro song. I'm thinking about how I would close my eyes if I was playing hockey too, because I'd just be lucky to be standing on two feet, let alone even getting a shot off. I mean, if you got if, if the puck got in front of me, I'm shooting that bad boy. I don't care how far away I am. So here's the thing with that. I am just a a humble guy. I like to say I close my eyes because the fact we're talking about my performance in beer leagues is just it's such a sad thing for me still. Um, it, it, you know, very much sarcastically, but the thing with that is I keep my eyes open and I look at the corner sometimes where I'm going to shoot. It just goes the polar. It goes. To, so if I'm looking top, right, it goes bottom left, but it goes in. So it's fine. Hey, you know, a goal is a goal at the end of the day, right? That's like right. I played basketball when I was in high school and, um, you know, like John said, I played football for a while too, but, um, my coach would always say it's a bad shot until you make it. It's a bad shot until you make it. You know, you hear that all the time. Like, coach would be like, don't shoot. Don't. Great shot. Great shot. Yeah. Son. If that shit goes in, <laughs> that's all that matters. I'm allowed to cuss on this, right? Oh, I, you I, can I, say whatever you want. I, yeah. Oh, we're rocking. We're rocking. I'm geeked <laughs> over here, fellas. I'm geeked. We, we got a nice explicit content warning on each episode there. So oh, you've been warned. <laughs> it's a bunch of, it's three, it's three hockey guys normally uh, just on a regular day. It's three hockey guys in a, in a chat for 50 minutes. You, you don't think you're going to hear some fucks and some shits. I don't oh, know what to tell you. I've heard them. I just want to make sure that guests were okay to say it. Cause, uh, I, I hear you guys talk. I listen to your pod. I, I do. I, every time John comes out with a new episode, like Jarrell's episode last week was freaking, I mean, that was bomb.com. Like, you know, and I, I know Jarrell personally too, which was cool to kind of hear that, but shit, like you get some hockey people into a room. <laughs> it just it's flies, man. Down, man. You, you better not say the wrong thing before you get knocked real quick. Cause I've said something <laughs> about a hockey player before. And I was like, Whoa, brother. Hey, I, I thought this dude was a UFC fighter, man. I was like, hey, listen, I, I'm crazy. I know you're crazier. Like, we don't need to go down that path. So so speaking uh, of that, too, Chase, um, you know, growing up down in Atlanta, not really a hockey hotbed, but out in Seattle now, where you're currently at, you just got the Kraken. Have you been we got our first Kraken. I know, I know you got some Kraken merch. I mean, what's yep. it like out there? Yep. So, um, you know, like you said, Atlanta, we had the Thrashers when I was growing up. Um, was I not wish they would come back. I, I, you know, honestly, I would have liked the Thrashers over the Kraken, um, but um, it was fun, you know, growing up, like I got to go to a lot of Thrashers games because I had friends who, uh, whose parents worked for Coke. So we got to, you, you know, sit in the Coke suite and get close and, and you get to see the speed of the game, which I think TV kind of takes away from it. Um, out here now in Seattle, we have the Kraken and it's awesome, to be honest with you. I mean, Seattle's a great city overall for sports just in general. I mean, the Seahawks sell out every game. The um, Seattle Sounders, the MLS team, sell out every game. Our women's soccer team sells out. The um, Seattle Storm, the WNBA team, storm sells out. So, I mean, you're looking at a bunch of people who are looking for shit to do that's around sports, right? People out here love to love to do exactly what they like to do in Buffalo: drink, go to sports sporting events, and drink some more. 
and that is exactly what the Kraken brings. Um, they did a great job updating and renovating what used to be Key Arena, now Climate Pledge Arena. But um, man, let me tell you, this place has been rocking. I mean, I went to a game a couple, uh, couple weeks ago when they played the Panthers. They lost 8-1, to one, and people stayed the entire game. Nobody left. People were excited, you know, and I think at this point in time, everybody's just excited to have hockey. Um, people are just excited to be able to do something again downtown. Um, but I'm hoping that, you know, we could turn into something kind of like the the Golden Knights. But I feel like the Golden Knights were a diamond in the rough with the expansion. And then when it came to the Kraken, it was just like the NHL was like, yeah, we realized how we shouldn't do this. And we're not going to do it like this with you guys. So long well, that that, yeah, it was mostly the the GMs because most of the GMs in the league, I would say, hadn't dealt with an expansion draft as a GM. Yeah. So they did. They just a lot of them really screwed up. They they really oh, yeah. screwed the pooch on that. Well, I just uh, I mean, as a non hockey expert in the size, I'm a casual fan, right? NBA, right. NBA fans would call me a casual. Um, but as I look at it from the outside in, I'm like, well. The NHL GMs, owners, whatever, saw that the Golden Knights took all these great players from everybody. And they're like, we're never going to let that fucking happen again. And like, I'm sure the next expansion, they're going to use that as like the, you know, pinnacle of like what we shouldn't do. Even though Vegas is probably like, we're happy because we're fucking winning. You know, we put yeah. made way to the Stanley Cup. So it's been fun, though, man. I love sports, like absolutely love it. And I think the Kraken have just brought a new a new energy to the city that frankly needed it because we've been on lockdown for so long. And it's just been for me personally, it's been, you know, mentally draining, physically draining. And then you add in another sport, you add in the fact that I could go to the games yeah, a place for me to drink, you know, it's, right. it's double whammy. What the, is there any talks of like the supersonics coming back? There are, man. So this is interesting. Cause I'm a huge NBA fan. I love the NBA. Um, the Kraken when they started selling season tickets, um, so I'm in on a season ticket package with with uh, with a family of friends. The reason I'm in on that season ticket package is because you get first dibs on NBA season tickets if they come open, if they were to come back to Seattle. Mm. All Seattleites are, are hoping that the Sonics come back. We're all got our fingers crossed because, frankly, I think anybody in this city would have said, I want the Sonics over the Kraken. Yeah. Frankly. Um, you know, they'd been here. There's there's a lot of history with the city. Um there's talks about it, but the, the truth about it is like you look at the NBA and you already have like Memphis who's in the West. Like Memphis is in freaking Tennessee, yo. Like they're in the central like time zone, right? Like New Orleans is in the West. So the way that I look at it personally, I'm like, if they're going to add another Western conference team, like they're going to have to move either one of those teams to the East or they're going to have to add in a new team in the East. And they already have every city in the East pretty much, you know, handled. You have two teams in New York, you have, um, DC, you got Philly, you got Boston. just let them add it. Let's move, move them, move one of them. Which one's more east? Tennessee, probably, right? I would, I would move Memphis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, move, yeah. like, move one of them over, and yeah, or add a new Bears team. That. That's team. what I would do. Give me John Morant in the West, please. Right. Oh. <laughs> I would, I would add in two more teams. I'd add in a team to the East, team to the West. I'd add the SuperSonics back. They'd have, I mean, yeah. sold. They'd have sold out games every single time, like. This city is freaking crazy over the NBA. And like, I still see signs to this day. That's like, bring the Sonics back. Bring no. the Sonics so back. Sonics so what's back. the team of choice? Would it be the Thunder or do you go like Sacramento? What about like, Portland? Trailblazers. Well, well, duh. Yeah, I'm an idiot. Yeah. I mean, Portland. Would big, make, big NBA guy. Portland
when he passed away, like his business, he owns the Blazers too. So it makes sense to move them up here, right? Like in Portland also only has one other professional team, which is the MLS. They don't have M- yeah. MLS, they don't have NHL, they don't have they don't have shit besides that. I'd rather take the Blazers and bring them up here. Um, I also wouldn't be like mad if they started a new team. Uh, I don't mind having like Sacramento in Sacramento and all those teams. But frankly, I mean, California has too many, too many teams. Like you got the Lakers, you got the Clippers, you got the Warriors, and then you also got the Kings. Take one of them bad boys out, give them to a different state, give them to a different city, a new fan base and let them flourish because you can, I mean, California is big enough on its own where you could probably have 20 professional teams, but like, is it really necessary to have a team in Sacramento when you don't have, when not a lot of people live in the state capital of California anyways? Like to me, it don't make no sense. Yeah, you got got San Francisco, you got the two LA teams. Get them the hell out of there. Get the get the Sonics buzzing. Sorry, Toots. I I loved the Sonics when I was younger. I was like when I the NBA was better. Back when like I mean Ray Allen was there like early in his career. Kevin Durant got drafted there, right? Like right before they switched over to uh, Oklahoma City. But Chase, I mean, I know you're a Spurs guy. So if the Sonics come back. Where would you stand? Spurs still. Spurs still. All right. I like it. I've lived in Seattle for, it'll be six years in May, um, which is a freaking long time. But um, I'm not, I'm not too privy to Seattle teams. Like I cheer for the Seahawks because my roommates work for the Seahawks. I get to go to the games and frankly, it's fun cheering for them. Um, The Falcons suck. So like, it's nice to see some team (laughs) every once in a while. Um, Love the Spurs. I mean, if any other NBA team were to come up, like, nobody's going to be able to take away my love for like San Antonio. Um, I feel like that's my one pro team that I stick with like NFL. I grew up like in the chargers, you know, and then I jumped around like MLB never really gave two shits. Um, NHL. I like where my, who my friends like. So I do like the Sabres. Um, You know, my buddy's dad works for the blues, like the blues, like my buddy's like the lightning. Like I just like watching the, watching the sport. So the NBA is the only one where I'll get like physically upset where I'll be like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what are you doing? Like, (laughs) Come on, pop, get their shit together. Like that's the one time you'll see me getting going. So you'll see me at a Sonics game if they ever come out. Like, and I'll wear a Sonics jersey. I have no issue with that. But um, don't ask me to go to a Celtics game and ever wear anything green because I live by the saying ABB, anyone but Boston. And that holds true for the Celtics, the Red Sox. Um, I kind of like Matt Mac Jones, but still fuck the Patriots. So uh, sorry if you guys are Pats fan or if, if Benny, if you like the Pats in any way, shape, or form, but fuck them. Okay. Yeah, you got you got a bunch of I Buffalo it. guys I it, here, so I, I mean, sure. yeah, that's I, I, uh, I shed a single tear for the poor Patriots. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> now. Now, Chase, I gotta before we get in because I do want to get into kind of your journey, your venture, especially yeah, yeah. you know your new rebrand brand with the corporate Chase. But one thing I wanted to touch on before because I won't stand for it, and I was texting you about this the other day is some buddies in a group message talking during the Super Bowl about Jalen Ramsey's not that good, getting burned, this and that. Was that not, as a former DB, were you losing your mind at that first drive of the second half when that was not called OPI? I was. And I was losing my mind even more at what people were saying on Twitter. Um, You know, being a former defensive back, I don't think a lot of people realize how difficult it is to be a DB. Um, You have to do everything the wide receiver is doing backwards without knowing where he's going, right? Like I was actually playing Madden last night and I was thinking about this as a defender. I was like, the one thing about defense that you do know is that you have to make a tackle. You have to tackle somebody and get them to the ground. That's all you know. 
you know what your what your play is, but you know, like think about it this way. You're walking into a store and you have a grocery list, right? And on that grocery list, you have bread, you have peanut butter and you have jelly, right? You're just going to go make a peanut butter and jelly. As you walk into the grocery store, then over the PA announcement, they say, we have no bread, peanut butter or jelly. And then you get a call from your girlfriend who's expecting you to make those peanut butter and jellies. And she's saying, I don't want peanut butter and jellies anymore. I want a gourmet charcuterie board that you've never made before. And I need you to make it once you get home with no help. You would be freaking freaking out. That is exactly how I think about playing DB. You are moving backwards. You are watching somebody else who is trying to set you up to make a move to then get to their move, hoping that you're not able to react fast enough. And watching Jalen Ramsey, man, you know, I, I do think that he had a terrible game in the Super Bowl. Frankly, I also think that Jamar Chase is a type of wide receiver that he's never seen before in the NFL. Like he has been so used to seeing the Mike Evans and the Keenan Allens and the um, Tyler Lockett's and the DK Metcalf's of the world that you you have this brand new rookie who has great top end speed, is putting moves on people that we have not seen done by a wide receiver before. And now you're telling me that I have to guard him all game, every single game. Like the one thing that people don't realize is that the times that Jamar did not get the ball, Jalen was all over him, but that doesn't go in the stat book. That doesn't go on ESPN. That doesn't go on anything. And that's where like, I actually really respect Jalen for his, um, his demeanor and his mentality too, because to be really good at that position, you have to believe that you're the best. You have to believe that you're a dog and you have to freaking act like it. And if you're not, you're going to get run over. If you're not, you're going to you're gonna give up a 20-yard pass one play, and then the next play they're going to go right back after you, and it's going to be a freaking touchdown. And you might never see the field again. So I think it's cool that, like, everybody talks a, a lot of shit about him or whatever. But um, when people start talking about, like, DBs and stuff like that, to be honest with you all, I, I, I stop listening. Um, there's no reason. I've, I've gotten way too mad at people because I'm like, have you ever gotten out there and tried to freaking – backpedal seven yards and then flip your hips and run full speed with someone who had a 10 yard start ahead of you. And nobody can tell me. Yes. Nobody can tell me. Yes. Like it's like running. I'm, I'm this is my last analogy. Cause I'm terrible at them, but it's like, it's like running a hundred yard dash, but instead he starts 10 meters in front of you, you start behind him and then you have to backpedal and then turn around and still win. So yeah. I just, I try to block it all out because um, I had to get off Twitter that night because I had a lot of tweets <laughs> Like that were like, have you ever played this position? Do you even know what this goes into it? Like, did you see the face mask? Like, I know that it looks like it wasn't much, but like you're saying that he didn't locate the ball. Like he was doing exactly what you thought he was. He wasn't doing, which was locating the ball, feeling the wide receiver. And then he got thrown seven yards and I would have done the same thing as him. What the fuck? Where's the damn call? So that's my take on it. Like, again, long winded, <laughs> but I, I try to cut those people out because it's going to end up frustrating me more than than not. And I got way too much shit going on to to be mad at somebody I don't know or somebody that yeah. does something stupid. You know, like I feel like during COVID, I kind of realized like sometimes you just got to put shit to the wayside and let people be fucking stupid. I uh, yeah, just, just I, swipe up, close yeah. the app. I think that's a uh, that's a great transition too. I think in terms of being that dog, right, and that that tenacity as a defender. So. How is that carried over to your personal ventures? I want to I wanna hear about them, maybe give the people an update. Some of us have been with you since the millennial way days, uh, through class after dark, now corporate yeah. chase. What's going on with that? Man, it's been a journey. Let me tell you all, it's been a journey. Um, so I've been doing this for about five years. Um, I actually started off blogging with my blog called It's Millennial Talk. 
And um, this came up, I was, you know, just moved to Seattle. I was working for the Starbucks coffee company in the corporate office, um, living by myself, didn't know a damn soul out here besides my uncle. And while I love him, I don't really want to be best friends with him. Um, you know, I wanted to find people around my age. So during that time, I'm like, damn, like, this is cool. I really like working at Starbucks, but like, I'm bored, yo. Like, I'm going home. I'm sitting down. I'm playing Madden every night. Like, I'm going out to dinners by myself, trying to meet people and all this stuff. So I was like, what else can I do? And I had always had this, like, feeling that I wanted to blog, that I wanted to podcast. That I just want to get my voice out there. And um, I actually tried it in college. Um, I started this this little blog that was going to be an anonymous, like, uh, life, life in, in a D1 player's um, or like what life was like through a D one player's eyes um, started it and then realized how much fucking like work it was. And I was like, yeah, there's no way I, I want to go party. I want to go meet girls. Like I don't want to do this anymore. Um, so I started it's millennial talk. Uh, the first post actually went viral, um, which was sweet. I got like hundred thousand views. I was feeling like I was on top of the world. I was like, Oh, I'm about to start a blog and be like this big corporate dude. Right. Like I, I really got this. Like I was really feeling myself. Um, you fast forward after that. And like, I realized how tough blogging was like, I needed topics to write about. I needed things to talk about. Like I needed to actually write, you know? And, um, after that, I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to change this into like more like short form. Let's start podcasting and see like what that kind of takes me. So taught myself how to podcast, um, changed from it's millennial talk to the millennial way, because there's another brand out there that was a podcast called millennial talk. So I was like, I can't do the same shit as them. So rebrand it, um, started, started off with like four to five minute episodes. Um, I was not a podcast listener. So I thought like, why wouldn't I make like short form videos for people who are just looking for like a little bit of motivation or a little bit of advice on how to get into corporate America. And then one day I asked one of my buddies um, who worked at Google to come on for an interview and she agreed and we ended up doing it. And that ended up being my best episode with 60 downloads. And I was like, I was on a cloud. Like I, I thought that I had finally got more people than my parents to download it, more people than, you know, tutor to download it, you know, like people were finding me and all these things like that. So over that time, like, you know, I, I think, and as you guys know, like having a side hustle, working outside of your normal nine to five, like it's, it's a lot and it's, it's tiring. And um, I, there would be times where I would take hiatuses with the millennial way where I would take a break, um, go through a season, get, you know, nine or 10, 11 episodes pumped out and then take like a one to two month break really to just focus in on myself and like kind of check in with me and say like, Hey, Chase, are you okay? Um, as that was going on, you know, I got on TikTok. God, have I, I got on TikTok last June. So June of 2021, right? It's 2022. Yeah. 2021. And, um, it's so funny because like this shit just came out of nowhere. So I'm sitting down on the couch. I'm talking to both my roommates and my one younger roommate. He's like always on TikTok, always looking through through the content. And um, he's like, Chase, you should do this shit, man. You should do this. Like you should be you should be doing this type of content like this is this is your avenue. And I'm like, man, I can't be doing that shit. I'm like, TikTok's for kids. Like there's no fucking way I'm doing TikTok. Like I, I promised myself like, guys, I, I promised myself I would not get on TikTok like before I got on TikTok. And then I finally downloaded it. So I downloaded, I get on there and um, I start watching like, you know, some of the, the like content creator people who like help you grow. They're like the, the social media experts. And um, I start looking at their stuff and I'm like, I could kind of do this. I could kind of do this. So I talked to one of my other buddies who has a hundred thousand followers on TikTok across one account. And then he has another account that's got like 70 K. And um, I was like, bro, like, I really want to do this, but like, 
this is for the first time ever. I'm actually asking for your help. Like, I'm not asking you because like I'm doing this because I want to become famous. I'm not asking you because I want to become an influencer. I'm asking you because I want to grow my brand. I want to grow my podcast. And I want to be the guy that I promised myself that I would always be, which is the man who will grind through his, his normal day job, the man who will grind through his podcast and the man who will try to grow both to the point where no, where, where it's a household name and nobody goes away, not knowing what the millennial way or now the corporate chase is. And the last part of this, I would say, is like, you know, so I, I end up getting on TikTok, um, got lucky, frankly, within a matter of a week, I ended up getting up to 2000 followers. And then over the course of a month, I got up to 5000. And then all of a sudden, like the momentum just started swinging. And then it just started hitting. And it's like, I've, I hit a ramp that I can't stop. Um, I just surpassed 28,000, I want to say, earlier this week on like Valentine's Day. And um Recently, my videos have been doing really, really well. So I've been continuing to grow. Like this morning, I woke up 400 new followers and I'm like, well, where did you guys come from? But it's really cool to see. And um, what's been fun about it, too, is like the networking, getting to know people on TikTok, um, getting to know other creators. And that's actually really helped me grow exponentially doing collabs with them. Um, now getting paid for it, too, has been something that I've always wanted to do. And, um, you know, John, you alluded to it not too long ago, but like a couple of weeks ago, I went through my last rebrand actually from the millennial way over into the corporate chase. And um, this was something that was tough for me because I, I had the millennial way for about four years. And um, when you own a brand, when you when you have something that's so personal to you, it feels like you're like letting go of your baby. Right. Like mm -hmm. literally like you're 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 giving up a piece of you. And I kind of took a step back and looked at like my my following the people that I engage with and the people that I talk to on the daily. And I'm like, all right, the millennial way. Like if I'm looking at this as an outsider, like who do I think the millennial way is? Right. And then I started like thinking of like the pigeonhole that the millennial aspect takes you down. And the fact that there are people who are 35, 40 years old who still like my content who may not be millennials, right? Like there are people who are 18, 19, 17 years old who like my content who may not be millennials. And I didn't want to ostracize those people. I didn't want them thinking that like I'm only a millennial and that's all I am. So I took a step back from that and I started brainstorming thinking like, all right, so what's my niche? My niche is corporate, right? I talk about a lot of corporate stuff. Everything that I do is corporate related, whether it's satire, whether it's professional advice or whether it's, you know, tips and tools and development. And then I was like, okay, so corporate, what can I do around corporate? And then I actually asked like 10 of my friends, like I was like, guys, like I'm thinking of a new name. What should we come up with? And we came up with like chasing corporate, um, chase in corporate. So like taking a play on my name because of the fact that it is a verb um, and then ended up landing at the corporate chase. And this actually was not my favorite one from the beginning. Um, I liked chasing corporate. I thought it was cool to incorporate, incorporate my name as a verb, but um, shopped it around. John, I remember texting you saying how you, if you liked it. And then um, everybody said yes. And it really en encompasses everything that I'm trying to do, which is helping people with that corporate chase, the actual grind of, of corporate and, and getting to that one specific spot that you want to get to, whether it's a VP, a C-level, you know, a, a director, or whether it's like monetary, like I just want to make 200K a year and that's all I care to do. Um, but then it also brings in that personal aspect of me too, which John, we had plenty of conversations around this where I was thinking of many different avenues where I can make the millennial way more personal? How can I make it more chase? How can I make it, how can I make people understand who I am without having to truly like talk to me? And um, the name, the new newsletter that's now coming out three times a week, um, 
And I mean, shit, ever since I did the rebrand, like I've grown so much. It's been insane, absolutely insane. So that was kind of the journey of how I've gotten to where I am. And now I'm at a place now where I'm, I'm actually considering like, what does content creation look like in the future? Um, you know, how can I potentially make this something where it's like full time or where it's, it's, it's the majority of my salary um, rather than, than it being supplemental. And I've just been having a lot of fun with it. And I'll tell you guys, the, the best thing about it is honestly the networking growing with, with other people and getting to meet friends who do the same thing, because I'll tell y'all, like, and I'm sure this was the same for y'all. When you start something on your own, your true friends support you. Your other friends kind of tell you that you're an idiot or don't understand it, or they don't know why you're doing it. And then once you become big enough to where you've outgrown those friends who kind of called you stupid, all of a sudden they want back in. They want to be involved. They want to, you know, help you out, bro. I've always believed in you. I've always been there for you. Um, that's not the case, you know, like you, you find your group, you find your community, you find the small group of people that trust you that, that, or that you trust and that are also going to support you through and through. And I mean, whether you do good content or bad content, like you're going to find those people who are going to be really close to you. And those are the ones that you want to take to the top with you. Those other people who kind of doubt you from the beginning, they could stay right where they are, which is outside. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Isn't, isn't that the crazy thing too? And like, I always tell people that with certain content, right? If I share somebody's post, like a buddy of mine's post or, you know, try to pump that up. Or if I share our own content here with just dishing it. Right. And like, sometimes you see, and I try to explain to some of my friends that don't get involved in this space. I'm like, look, I'm not asking for like anything huge here, but how hard is it if you care about someone, you want to support them to throw a like, to throw a retweet or to share a post to your story, like just something, right? You know, and, and, and it's interesting because exactly what you said, Chase, it's like there's a very small group of people that will engage with that and kind of give you that feedback, whether it's positive or negative, right? You know, it could be constructive criticism and that's always welcome. But a lot of people just kind of check out because they can't understand, well, if you're not getting paid for this now, why are you spending your time after work doing this? And then when you do get to that level, exactly like you said, right now, now it's like everyone wants to be your best buddy again. I mean, John, think about it this way. You and I have never met in person. Yeah. I hit you up about more things than I hit up probably some of my other friends. Right? right. Because I trust you. I know that you, you trust me. I know that you are going to give me the real right at the end of the day as a homie, as a friend. Um, it's, it's really interesting. And I think it's interesting too about like parents, right? Cause parents don't really get like content media. Um, most parents are a lot more traditional, right? Like go work your corporate job, be loyal there, work there for 30 years, get your retirement, get your pension, get your 401k and then move on. Right. And then go get off my lawn. Yeah. Right. Get <laughs> off my lawn. My, um, it's funny cause my mom and I had sat down and had a conversation and I thought she was not going to be the biggest fan of my TikTok or anything like that because you know, it's not, it, it, I cuss in it. It's, 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 it's satire, right? Like it is funny, but like it can rub some people the wrong way, especially in my mom's generation. I I'm making fun of them majority of the time. And, um, what was the most shocking thing to me was I, I signed a five figure deal, which was my biggest deal with a partner. And I was ecstatic about it. And they asked me like for the direct deposit. And I said, no, can you send me a check? Cause I wanted to frame it. And, um, I ended up bringing it home with me to Atlanta when I went home for Christmas. And, um, I brought it home and slapped it down on the table. And I was like, bam, look at that. Chase Coleman, fifth, you know, five figure deal, blah, 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 stuff like that. 
And I was like, wow, you made this off of your TikTok. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, that's impressive. That's really impressive. She was like, I understand why you're doing it. And to me, that was the biggest, like, like I wanted to like melt and like cry. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, wow, like you finally get it. But what really made me feel like, like really warm inside, I guess, was like, she took this, the time to say like, you've been working on this for five years, like five years to get to this point. And this is now your, you know, like threshold of where you're going to go. Like, this is the lowest amount of money that you're going to take from any brand. This is the lowest amount of money take, that you're going to take for anything else. Like this is now your benchmark and you keep going up from here. And I remember getting paid like my first like $25 for a post and being like, wow, I get free lunch today. Like being excited about it and, ex and you should be excited about it, but you should always look at that and say, what can I do to build on that? Right. I now get reached out to brand from brands who are like, we'll give you a hundred dollars for a post. And I'm like, you guys can fuck off. You guys can either pay me my rate or you guys can fuck off because I'm not, I'm not, I know what my time is worth now. I know what my energy is worth now. I know what my content is worth now. And now that I know that I'm no one's taking that shit away from me. I could, I could go walk out of here, have no friends and still know exactly what my content is worth. And now that I've gotten to this place, now that I've grinded it out, now that I've worked my ass off, I got a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. And you know what? If people have an issue with it, they can have an issue with it because I've worked my fucking ass off for the last five years to get to this place. And I'm very proud of it. I'm also humble with it. And the fact that I want to help other people get to this place too, because I know how much fun it is. I know how stressful it is. And I figured out a lot of shit on my own that I would be remiss to help pay forward to others who are just getting into content creation or want to grow their own brand like, like myself. So that's kind of my, my take on it. I mean, I'm always down to help other people because at the end of the day, like I didn't do this by myself, right? I told you guys I had to reach out to my friends. None of us do this by ourselves, and it's a lonely journey. It's, it's tough. It's really, really tough. And I would say like, they say it's lonely at the top. I'm not at the top yet, anywhere near it. But like the more I, I climb, the more I realize that you just kind of refine and, and trim the, the fat down from your circle. And you just keep bringing the people along with you that, that, you know, you can trust because trust is a really big thing at the end of the day. Yeah, man, it's everything. Along those lines, though, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you to share some stuff that you think you should be passing along. If someone comes up to you, someone messages you, comments, whatever, about advice or tips and tricks or pointers, what are like, I don't know, the first two to three things that you tell those people just in general? Yeah, no, that's a great question, Benny. The first thing I'd say is stop being so self-conscious. You can't, you cannot look at yourself in the mirror and, and hate yourself because if you do, you're never going to like anything that you do. Like when I first started my, my podcast, I was posting and not listening to it. Who posts a podcast and doesn't listen to it, expecting other people to listen to it, right? I can't listen to my own voice, but I expect you to listen to it. That's first thing first is, is love yourself. Love the fact that you're doing this. Second, I'd say feel comfortable being uncomfortable because you are literally putting yourself in front of people that have never seen you before, have never known you, don't know you, and you're putting yourself out there in front of the world. I've been, people have said things to me that I probably never thought would be said to me in comments. Um, people have DM me things that I thought would never be said to me, like, you need to get back to work. Um, you millennials don't have any, any, uh, any, uh, work ethic. This is why this is why our, our country's doomed. This is why our world's doomed. Um, you're a piece of shit. Somebody literally literally uh, DM'd me on on Instagram. You're you're a piece of shit. I hate your content. So what I do, I just block them. You don't have to see my my content. So what I'd say you're, is like, you really but, struck a nerve with that guy. It sounds like 
Dude, I sure some people, some yeah. people look to get mad. Some people just look just to get mad. Imagine though being the type of person that sees someone on Instagram and it's not like you're posting anything like super provocative or like inappropriate, right? Like you're literally just posting like corporate satire and the fact that someone feels the need to make that comment. You're being funny. Like, it's funny. Yeah, it's all oh. comedy at the end of the day. That's all it is. And like, you know, it goes back to my two points though, is like one, like just love yourself because you have, if you, if you don't, you're not going to put out your best self. And like, when you're putting yourself into the world, you want to put out your best self Two, I would definitely say like, understand that you're going to get backlash and that people are going to fucking hate you for no reason. And that if, as long as you're confident in what you're doing, you're going to be fine. And I'll say two a and two B on that is like, anytime you get backlash from trolls or from people who hate you either kill them with kindness or just fucking block them. Because at the end of the day, you're still going to grow without with or without them. Third thing I'd say is post your fucking content. Post your fucking content. I like, I, when I was getting on TikTok, I had probably like 50 drafts just saved. And I was like, oh, I'm going to post like three on Monday, three Tuesday. And then I was going to post all like, and I was going to have all of them done by Friday. Trends change so fucking quickly that it, you could have a, a video made on Tuesday and on Wednesday, that trend could be gone. My best videos, my most viral videos, I had one video that's gotten over 4.7 million views. I had another video that's gotten over 3.5 million views. Both of them had over half a million likes. Well, one of them had a half a million, the other one had a quarter million likes. Both of those were sitting in my drafts for two weeks. Two weeks. And I was sitting there and I'm sitting and I'm like, okay, I got to put out one more post because I post three times a day during the week. I post twice over the weekend. And it's a Thursday and I'm like, I don't have time to do anything else right now. I don't have any creative juices flowing through me. Fuck it. I'm going to send it. I'm just going to fucking send it. I wake up the next morning. That bitch is at 2 million views. And I'm like, wow, I'm really glad I fucking sent it because now <laughs> I got 4,000 new followers. I got 2 million more views and I got a shit ton of likes adding up onto my profile. So I'd say fucking send your content. Like there, there's an audience for it. Like there are people looking for it. And if, you, if there's, not the best thing that's going to happen is at least one person will view it and you'll have a catalog of views and you'll be able to go back, take a look at the ones that did better and then reiterate on the ones that did good and optimize, right? Optimization is always key in content. So I'd say those are like my three, three things. But the biggest thing is don't be afraid to post. Like if this is something you want to do, if content creation is something that you yourself want to get into, you want to put yourself in front of the camera, you want to put yourself in front of a mic, you want to put yourself in front of people people who are going to love you. Like my fans love me. I went to Austin and my, and I had a whole bar buy me drinks because two people had heard of me and then sent my TikTok around. And next thing you know, the bar is almost shutting down because they're like, we can't let more people in because of this guy. And I'm, and I'm like looking at myself like me, me, little chase, little corporate chase, what post your fucking content. Because at the end of the day, people are going to want to watch it. People are going to want to see it. And at the end, and like, you're going to get haters, but for every one hater, you're going to have 500 more people that love you. And the people who love you will be a lot louder than the haters will. So those are my tips. Did you have, tips. did you have any haters you didn't expect? Like people that were friends that you really were like, man, like I think this, this person's going to rock with me or whatever. And then they just like hate on all your stuff. Um, Not that I know of. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say I know of any friends or people that I would like affiliate myself with that necessarily hate on my stuff. Um, but I would say, you know, back to what we were talking about, like around friends and, and the people who are closest to you, who you can trust and rely on. There were definitely some people that I was shocked that I was like, you're not 
supporting me. Like, you know, yeah. like you don't, you don't see why I'm doing this or you don't understand why I'm doing this or you actually think it's stupid. Like it, it, it cuts deeper than, than you kind of think it does, you know, because it's, it's like, you feel like, you know, somebody, and then all of a sudden you're like, I, I don't really know you because we don't support each other the way that we did. Um, so no haters, I would say. Um, but I will be, I will be honest that I was surprised with the amount of hate that I got. Um, when I first started, I mean, from other creators, <clears throat> saying that I was stealing content from them, um, from random ass people, you know, on TikTok, you get the user 2049337, whatever, um, like the, the random person and they're jumping in hating. Um, you know, I created a character named Linda and made her kind of like the office Karen. That was, so that was actually my favorite thing in the world. And I lived for the comment section. Dude, the comments, I, I got to bring, I'll bring Linda back this week, actually, because like, it's it's a character right so there are people out there who actually have the name linda and people who feel very offended by it so it's it's all fun and games but it took me a while like it was probably like two months of getting like that that amount of hate to realize like i'm not i'm not gonna fuck with this i'm not gonna rock with this like you can either get blocked or i mean i've had people in the comments before like say something crazy and then all of a sudden like my whole community comes in and just slashes these people and i'm like Matter of fact, I'm gonna leave you there. I'm gonna let you be right there, so that way you could just just interact, engage with my community, see how they feel. Because I'm pretty sure, actually, I know for a fact they think very differently than you. And I don't even have to say anything because now they're coming at you like a mob, and I'm just sitting back watching and laughing and liking all their comments. It's good stuff, it takes, man. It in that community, yeah, yeah. but it takes a while because it's you know mentally like it's draining. Like at the beginning, like I said, like that shit's tough. Like going through that and realizing that like they're. Yeah that don't like you like that is a um a tough realization so it is what it is but it, it's definitely a journey definitely nights where i cried too like i won't i won't lie and say that i didn't um so yeah but put those haters to the side and keep doing your thing because the haters still engage with your posts and guess what they still push it through all the algorithms so every hater that that jumps on that's an extra like thousand views extra couple hundred likes it's more money it does it does that's amaze what, me that at this point people that do that that'll be trolls or whatever they want to do or just be kind of ridiculous and just you know the difference between someone being like i don't know critical or trying to like have some discourse about something versus just they just want to see you get mad mm -hmm. and try and win the game yeah. where it's just like by you by you just trying you know the the person you're hating on you in this case Chase, you you've won well, by them sending that. That's a good point, Benny, because like my mom said this to me because I was going through it when the haters were first popping in. And she goes, imagine how sad their life is that they have to come on to TikTok to hate on you. Imagine how yeah. sad it is. Like they probably have mm -hmm. like a failed marriage or like, you know, th there's a million different things that could that could be going on. Right. But it's like, imagine how freaking sad these people are to where they have to come and hate on you because you're you're doing well. And they, and they hate to see that. So it's like, when you think of it from that perspective, you're like, oh, like, I just feel bad for you because you. Yeah, you almost have more sympathy for them than, than anything else, man. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah, it's very interesting. It is. It's crazy. Sorry, I keep looking away. Scooter just woke up. So uh, we got a new. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. A new That's a good name. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. It's Dude, a, I have, I've had, I've always had this. A scooter. What kind of, what kind of dog is he? He's a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. Um. Of six pounds. Some of these oh. fucking dog names, dude. It's just like, what are we doing? <laughs> dude, I, wrap it up. Tighten it up. Just call it a cow. I don't know. 
I'd be cool. See, with that's that. cool. You're right. I'd be cool with that. I don't need four names because I'm going to forget it every time. And, and even like, with, even those dog people, the dog people, where it's just like someone will say like, yeah, uh, a Boolean Shih Tzu Terrier Bloodhound. And they're just like, oh, yeah, my cousin's uncle's grandma has one of those. And it's just like they always know as soon as you rip something like that off. It's, I, 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 don't, I could never get there. I but, couldn't either. Uh, and I'll tell you yeah. guys, I, um, you know, being a dog, that has been fun. It's been fun. But I have gotten really soft. Um, really soft. <laughs> it unlocks these emotions in you that you didn't really know you had, you know, like that kind of like loving, like homey, like, oh, I love you so much um, type feeling. But like, man, this little kid, this little, I almost called him a kid, this little guy. It's changed my life. I've had him for less than a week now. Um, smart little guy. But once we can get him peeing outside of the house, I'll be much happier. Yeah, that'll be good. I'm sure. I've had this. I've had this fascination with uh, with dog names that are like human names. Like I've always made this joke with my brother. The first dog I get, I want to name it Alex. So like when when he's paddling around, like Alex, come here, and just doing that and see if he turns his head just to give me a good chuckle, just to mess with him a little bit. Hell yeah! No, I think that's is your brother's name Alex. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dude, I, uh, uh, I always like try to keep like for me personally, I try to keep dog names away from from humans because like, I don't know. I think dogs, you could have more fun with it. Right. Like I was messing sure. with this little guy and I was like, man, I, I was going to call him Reggie because I like Reggie Bush. Loved Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller is my favorite basketball player. Um, and then like I was, I was number like, 31 in college lacrosse, my man, because of Reggie right, Miller. Benny, drop the yeah. Boy. yeah. That's right. As soon as I saw Michael Jordan lose it on that guy, I'm like, he this is he's doing something right. This guy, Beautiful. this guy, best See, trash knew, talker of all time. I knew man, we were gonna like each incredible. other. Best trash talker. This man has a 30 for 30 with a movie producer. That's oh, how yeah. much trash talk he 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 was talking. But the, he the could whole- he could play too. That's the thing. Like, not only was he a great trash talker, like that dude was unreal. One of the best yeah. ever won a championship. Mm-hmm. One of the best yeah. at a time where people didn't leave their teams, right? Like he played for the yeah. Pacers and the Pacers were ass until he came there. And then they got more pieces, but still were not able to do it. So anyways, I was going to call him Reggie though. And then ended up, you know, I get the, my best uh, ideas in the shower and on the toilet. And then a scooter popped up to me. I, was th- I think I was thinking about one. the old uh, show, Doug or something like that. And then shop it around, you know, you got like, John, you know me, I'm, I'm talking to everybody. What y'all think? What do y'all think? What do y'all think? This is my favorite so far. <laughs> And uh, shopped it around, asked Twitter too, and then uh, Scooter ended up winning, and he's doing well so far. Doing well. Just need him to start waking up at like six a.m. instead of four forty-five a.m. because that shit has got to stop soon. Yeah, <laughs> a little more reasonable. There. Either that or your schedule is about to change permanently. Oh my god, bro! <laughs> I'm I'm hoping we could get him, I could get him to sleep a little bit longer, but you know he's still. I mean, he's only been here less than a week. Like he's gonna keep rocking and rolling. Shit's he's he's a smart little pup. Except for the whole. So yeah, he ain't getting that yet, but he'll get there. But he look, will. Chase, I one thing I knew going into this, I wanted to ask you. Just you know, dude's telling me a little about you. These corporate jobs, corporate Chase, you've had a lot of time, you know, a lot of miles, yeah, in that scene. What were what are some of the biggest takeaways or lessons you've learned in that space that have transitioned to your personal life or just sort of this new you know, your own ventures, if you will, TikTok, yeah. you know, the podcast, whatever it may be. Yeah, I would, um, you know, as much as I make fun of corporate America, I've learned so much from corporate America, like so much. And a lot of it isn't even around like learning 
how to become like an executive or something like that. It's like learning how to become like a professional, like just a, a human, like a professional human. Um, my biggest takeaway that I've learned in being in corporate America is you need to be organized in your life in general. The older you get, the more shit goes on, right? Like I just got a puppy, which means I now have to take care of all his medical records. I now have to know all of his vaccines. I now have to know when he's going back to the vet. I now have to know, you know, all of these things that encompass his life that now is encompassing into my life. And the only way that I'm going to be able to stay on top of all that is by staying organized, um, staying organized in my day-to-day -day work, you know, having a, that routine where for me, before I got Scooter, I was waking up around 6, 6.30, shower, quick run, breakfast, read the news, get ready for work be butt in seat by 7.30, 7.45-ish, right? That was kind of my routine. Having that routine and that organization in my life is what's allowed me to be able to do many different things. Um, if I was all over the place, which I was when I first started Millennial Talk and when I first started the Millennial Way, I was not organized. And I was taking hiatuses. I was taking breaks. And I look back on it and I'm like, oh, I was taking a mental break. No, I was taking a mental break because I was overwhelmed because I wasn't organized. Nowadays, I'm organized. Now I do everything prior to when I actually have to get it done. So that way I know when I have to get it done, if, it only, if it's only going to take me that 10, 15 minutes to do it, I can take that 10, 15 minutes and get it done at that moment, right? So my first thing would be being organized. The second thing is that soft skills will always take you farther than your hard skills. So what I mean by that is that like being able to make relationships, being able to talk to people, being able to be articulate in your communication, being able to be clear and concise within your communication is always going to win over the hard skills that you can have in corporate America, whether that's data analysis, whether that's you know coding, whether that's supply chain management, whether that's management in general. If you can do the soft things, you will always be able to take on the hard skills, right? I can always go back to a class and learn how to do how to work Excel. I could always go back and do a YouTube video and learn how to work in SQL. But what I can't do is take a class on how to talk to people. What I can't do is take a class on how to work with people. And what I can't really do is take a class on how to work in a team environment, a team environment. I've been at vastly, I mean, vastly like successful companies. I've been at Nestle, who's the number one uh, global food and beverage company in the world. I've been at Starbucks, who's the number one freaking coffee brand in the US. I've been at Nordstrom, who's the premium retailer of the US. And I'm now at a big ass tech company. Every single one of these places, ha you have to work with other people. And you have to have people like working with you. Otherwise, no one's going to get that work done. So if you're not organized, if you don't know how if you don't have those soft skills, and you don't know how to work well with others, it's going to be really difficult for you to move up and move around within corporate America. The last takeaway so I've said organization. I've also said soft skills. Um, the last takeaway is that almost every organization is the same. Um, we're all operating to do the same thing, which is make money for a business at the end of the day. And business, the way business gets done can be different, whether it's in tech, whether it's in CPG, whether it's in retail, depending on the, um, the industry. But at the end of the day, we're all trying to do the same thing, which is make profit make profit. We have to, if we grow our top line sales and we make $0 in profit, that means the business has made $0, right? Yep. So at the end of the day, you always have to remember what the number one goal is for that business, especially when you start working in it, because you're going to get pulled in a million different, different places. And being able to prioritize through that is going to help you really stay focused and continue that, that 
growth and that grind that you're looking for, um, which also kind of couples into being organized too. Because if you're organized, if you have the soft skills, and if you're able to remain focused and, and prioritize, you're going to be as, as, as successful in corporate America as you want to be. And um, my ventures outside of work have been successful because of corporate America, but I've also been successful in corporate America because of the things I've learned in my ventures outside of work, which are taking on new things that I've never done before, being willing to learn um, and being able, being willing to be uncomfortable and being comfortable in un uncomfortable situations to grow and, and become a better human professional and a better chase overall. I love it, man. Tudes, I'm all good. Do you have anything else before we button this up? There was a lot of info in here. We're definitely yeah. going to have to have our man Chase back on to, you know, make it a regular thing, hopefully, when he has the time for us. But anything else before we wrap up this first first chapter with our, our buddy Chase? I have one more thing. Um, Chase, first, I want to say thank you for taking the time. This is awesome. I mean, you and I, you know, get to chop it up, and I'm glad that everyone else gets to be a part of this, too. Um Real quick, I know Reggie Miller, favorite basketball player all time. Um, and I think you know why I have to do this right now, but give me your top five current NBA players before we sign off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I actually haven't watched much of the NBA this year, frankly. Um, I'll say this first, Benny, I'm down to come back anytime you guys send that invite over. I'm here. Um, I am here. Right. Um, when Scooter gets older, he'll like to join too. But um Top five NBA <laughs> basketball players in no particular order. No particular order. Okay. Okay. Giannis is definitely up there. There's no if, ands, or buts about Giannis. Um, you know, I'm going to keep LeBron out of this one because I'm going to stick to this principle today, and it's the best ability is availability. Okay. LeBron plays maybe <laughs> half the, the load management guy. Not load management guy. I understand. He's like, what, 37, 38? He's, he's getting up there in age. I, I understand load management. Can't put you in my top five because you're not playing. And this is current. This is current. Yeah, this because, is current. You know, this is two he days. wasn't. He wasn't yep. always load management when he had to carry that dump of a no. franchise, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, we're talking. Oh, we're talking today. This is February sixteenth, yeah. two thousand twenty-two. So all the LeBron, all the LeBron people, don't start. You know, going nuts. We're just don't, saying. Don't get in my DMs. I am the first person to say that LeBron is the best in the league. But based on this year alone. I'm going to say that he's not because the best ability is availability. And if you want to argue me on ability, then slide my DMs. I'll block you too. Um, so I got Giannis up there. Definitely. Um, I'm going to have to put KD up there because he's been freaking balling this year. I mean, playing like an absolute monster with essentially like no roster because he's got Kyrie for away games only now. I mean, now that they had Ben Simmons, great. I don't really care for them. Um Steph Curry, 100%. I mean, the dude is just an absolute animal. He's so much fun to watch. Um, I watched him growing up when he was at Davidson, who was a big Stetson um, uh, rival, which was a lot of fun being able to see him. You know, he's a little bit older than I am. So when I was in high school, um, yeah. so I got those three. And then, man, I got to do it, man. Luca's up there. Luca's, <laughs> Luca's up there in my top five. And then I'm going to close it out. Actually, actually, no, he's not in my top five. I'm pulling him out. I'm going uh, Joker and Joel. Oh, and, man. That was the best sonk 
I've ever seen. Oh man. I was, I was thinking and I was like, wait, I was like, but there are some dudes who have had, had better seasons in my opinion. And again, Luca is an absolute monster. I will never say that he's not one of the best players in the league. I think that the Mavs as an organization are not going to do whatever they can to surround him with talent to make sure that he gets a championship. But thinking about Joel, thinking about Jokic and what they kind of bring to the table too. I mean, the, the five guys that I named have made it to the finals uh, or the, the conference finals. Um, within the past three, three seasons. Um, and they, they've carried their teams there. Um, I mean, shit, Giannis brought his team all the way to a finals championship last year and won MVP. So yeah, those would be my top guys. And then, you know, to sprinkle out like the top 10, I'm just going to finish it out for you Tudor, and give you, give me 10 seconds, but I'll say LeBron, I will, um, Luca for sure. And then DeJounte Murray, Greg Popovich and Chase Coleman. I mean, I love that. What a good closer. Thank this you so much, Chase. This was a blast, man. You guys Chase. let me know when you want me back. If if you guys want me back, um, more than happy sure. to come back. Come come chop it up with y'all. This was honestly the highlight of my freaking day. Like I've been having so much fun. Oh yeah. Same yeah, here, man. Appreciate it. We enjoy it. having you for sure. This is the the best part of my day as well. And um before you sign off, um let everyone know where they can find you. Um, yeah. Your your handles, anything like that. Totally, totally. Find me on Instagram and TikTok at the Corporate Chase. Um, I'm on Twitter too. My Twitter's not really like the same type of branding. Like it's more just me personally and talking shit about Kanye. Um, but it's at the Corp Chase. Um, so it just takes out or or it takes out eight at the end of corporate. Um, and then also go sign up for my newsletter. Uh, my newsletter is something that I am very proud of. It's really really fun. Um, continue to grow my community through there. Um, you get exclusive content from me, one-on-one content from me, uh, personal updates about me and Scooter. And um, just next month, I actually have a series of Fortune 100 executives that will be giving um, their life advice as well as their career advice um, in the newsletter that you'll be able to get um, get access to, but you got to go sign up for the newsletter. Um, links are in all my bios on social media, and I hope to see you um come join me in my community and if you ever dm me um i always respond um i i always engage with my community i don't care if i have 500 dms um in a day which has happened before um but i go through and i read and i respond to every single one of them unless you tell me that i'm ugly or that you tell me that i'm uh i'm stupid or you, you come in slandering me then i'm just gonna block you so that's where to find me come join the newsletter it's been a lot of fun um and shit, like I'm gonna be pushing some justitionate stuff out through the newsletter too, because I, this is y'all fucking rocket. I'm trying to get me a hat, Benny. So, all right, we'll work it up. Fun. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. See ya.